AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm like, damn, I need help. Like, this is the first time ever that I couldn't produce or get over something on the field. And I'm like, it all goes back to what's happening off the field. So I called that same doctor that uh, Ricky saw and helped Ricky. And I said, Dr. Gunderson, I need help. And so that's how I ended up at McLean Hospital. Hey, everybody. Brandon Marshall. Part two. You don't want to miss it. Uh, We got to pay some bills. But on the other side of the break, I'll get into what we're discussing. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. In a world with vulnerable, considered weak, come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. Okay, so we never do this. We never, ever, ever do. A two-hour podcast, because it's just a long podcast. And it was just under two hours with former NFL player Brandon Marshall. And it was juicy. So that's why we broke it up. Last week, we talked about Colin Kaepernick. Brandon is almost sure of the fact that he will be playing. I have heard a few things. Um, most recently, 
I read in the news that the Raiders were willing to, you know, take a look at Colin Kaepernick. I also had a friend, Hawkins, Andrew Hawkins, who told me that he thinks it's Seattle. So listen, Brandon may be on to something and he may know some info. He may have some information in which I am not privy to or the world is privy to. But it was a really good insight and take on what's happening with the league. And we obviously got into Colin. This week, we talk about the perception of one Brandon Marshall, his relationship with his former quarterback, Jay Cutler, because it was well documented that there were some tense moments. He gets into why. Uh, and that is very interesting. It really is. And then we talk about I Am Athlete, the, the podcast, the movement. Congratulations. They have a radio show now. He's doing something really special. I always love to see people win the way they want to win, meaning he he has taken his platform as an athlete and used it for more. And I think there are a lot of other athletes who have done that. You know, most notably, people look at what LeBron James has done. But I think that's inspiring for everyone else to figure out how will I use my voice? How will I communicate and not allow others to tell their story? I'm queen of my own narrative. I am queen of figuring it out. I am queen of trying to do it and not letting anyone tell me I can't. And so this is why I think uh, Brandon and I were able to connect in so many ways. And he's been so supportive. He's been reposting, posting, reposting, posting. I mean, he's just a good citizen. He, He asked how he could support me and he has been doing that. I ask you all to do the same. If you haven't downloaded I Am Athlete, go ahead and do that because it is amazing. Pay attention to the radio show and just support what they do. Uh, meantime, relax, you know, turn the volume up, <laughs> get into it. This conversation is good. Enjoy making. So here you are, um, very candidly talking about being diagnosed. And I do know that for a while in your career, you were really sensitive about what people had to say about you on camera. There was a time in which I was sensitive. Or there's a time in which you called me and was like, I heard somebody told me you were on first take today saying A, B, C, and D. And I was like, Brandon, I would never uh, leave that to Skip and Stephen A. I would never. And you were like, well, so-and-so called me. And I don't know if it was a family member. And I remember sending you so long ago. I remember sending you maybe a clip. And I was like, here's what was said. And you were like, okay, never mind. You kind of, you know, like, all right, my bad. And I and 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 the only reason why I use the word sensitive is because it's your reputation and you want to protect your name. You don't want people to say anything bad about you. Kobe, may you rest in peace, my favorite player of all time, would do exactly that. If we said something he didn't like, he would call you 10 times until you picked up. He wouldn't even leave a message. Pick up. I heard this <laughs> Pick up. That's what he would say. Well. Chuck tells this one story. He probably said it more to so to Chuck, but for us or like me and my, my friend Jamal, you know, Jamal Hill, I do a show with her. Yeah, it was right. like, I heard you had a problem with me. Let's talk about it. Like with the women, he was much more smooth with it. But with the guys, he like, what's what? Yeah, what, what? Right, right, right. What's what? <laughs> and, 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 and I you know Charles said, the, said this one funny story one time. Charles said, he, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, man, I'm on TV. Stop calling me because he was, you know, the show goes on. He's, I'm on TV. If you want to have a conversation, pick up. Don't don't be calling me while I'm on TV. It was just really funny. And <laughs> so I I respect that because that would be me if I was an athlete. If I was an athlete, I'd be like, right. I, y'all got the story, which oftentimes happen. You know, the media will get the story wrong and will speak That's very right. passionately about wrong shit. So right. 
because they think they have the right information. Not intentionally, not in my case, because you think you have the right information. Right, right. Was that draining for you to manage what people thought of you based on who you used to be? Because I literally have watched you try to change, want to change, be different. But someone is always yeah. bringing you back in that. So, yeah. Was that hard for you listening to people no, it, describe you? No, it, it wasn't because as an athlete, you know, that's part of it. Um, for me, it was always the real ones. Right. There's only a few real ones in media. The only ones I've ever reached out to was the real ones. The ones that's like, yo, you know, you get it. And so uh, I've rarely did that. You know, but like for you, you know, that's why I, I reached out to you is because like you're a real one. And it's like, come on, you you know, and you know, and you've always approached things the right way. You've always done things the right way. And there's others in this space as well. And you know, the dirtbags that are out there that, you know, they have their own agendas, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the ones you just ignore and you just have to deal with it. That comes with the territory. You know, and I always teach these young athletes now is like, you know, how do you, uh, operate within this media system. Don't forget, this is the entertainment business and everything's driven by media. And so like, you got to have put on this Teflon, you got to be able to take those shots. Right. And, and, and I think back in the day, we did a phenomenal job. We didn't have like Twitter and Instagram booming like it is today. For sure. Uh, we just had to deal with ESPN and first taking you guys, right? Like, you know, that was it. Yeah. It was easy. Yeah. Turn off the television. Don't watch it. Mm. Now, Every second of the day, there's someone, you know, adding you and it's, 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 it's very draining, but you know, you got to be able to separate it as an athlete, but because you was a real one, that's why I reached out to you. I respect it. Look, you look, I respect it. I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Challenge me, make me better. That's how I saw it. Challenge me. Did I say some that was crazy? All right. My bad. If I didn't, I, I was like. <laughs> I got to hold to what I got to hold on to what I right. and as you all know, I was just teeing up topics. I wasn't really getting into it. I was like, maybe right. I weigh in every now and again. However, with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, there were all of these reports about how you and Jay Cutler had a contentious relationship. Mm. <laughs> and why you get messy? Why you getting messy? It's wine time. It's wine oh time. my goodness! I see well why this documented. show is called Naked. Uh huh. But it was well documented. <laughs> And people at the time, probably in my opinion, this is my opinion, subjective, probably leaned more in Jay Cutler's side. I did not, but leaned more towards what Jay thought. And now that I just love the saying, time always tells the story. And right. we and we see how you both have evolved and who you both are. And now we know, in my opinion, Jay's on some bullshit. So what was that like? That relationship? Right. Why wide out to quarterback? What was that relationship? It was just that, you know, he's the quarterback. I'm the wide receiver. You know, he, he's the guy. He's the leader. Whatever I say goes. Right. And mm. uh, that's my brother. And I miss him. And um, we've yeah. had, we're actually in communication of like rekindling our relationship and trying to work things out. I haven't talked to him since he threw me my last ball when I was playing for the Chicago Bears. So hopefully we, you know, we come together and we do an epic show. I do his podcast. He do my podcast. And we actually talk about these things um, together and work through them. But, you know, I feel like, you know, first off, like, Jay, you got to understand, like, we were drafted the same year, 2006. He was first round. I was fourth round. And we were like this. He was the first guy to introduce me to wine. 
you know, the first Merlot that I had, Jay Cutler was like, what the hell is Merlot? I'm coming from the hood. I'm like, I don't want no wine. You're like, what's this Merlot? What's this Merlot situation? That's exactly what I said. And then I said, <laughs> you know, my, my filet me on, like, I uh-huh, uh-huh, filet me uh-huh, on, right? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. so, you know, I'm, and I just want to give you the backstory a little bit just un- so, so everybody understand how close we were. You know, um, I was drafted in the fourth round and my, my signing bonus was $420,000 and I took home like 285000 and uh, I got introduced to a whole new world. You know, and I started going to Vegas with the Chan Baileys of the world and the DJ Williams of the world, all those guys in the locker room. And I found myself one day at the win and I lost like $70,000 and I was pretty much more than I had in my bank account. I'm sitting in the win. I'm like, yo, bro, like I'm in this situation. You know, I need 70,000, I need $60,000. And he said, say no more, you know? So it was like, when you needed Jay Cutler, he was there. And so like, we were always like this. I didn't like how he handled the situation when Josh McDaniels came in to Denver. Coach Shanahan fired, Josh McDaniels was hired, came in. And then he asked for the trade, got traded. He didn't really talk to us. You know, there was only like one guy that he talked to in the locker room. That was Tony Scheffler. And I didn't like that because we were all close. You know, did we have our challenges and situations? Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, we actually put the band back together in Chicago. And um, I never forget the, the, that that first week draft weekend. We're sitting down and we're sitting in Mastro's and we're sitting down and we about to draft Alshon Jeffrey. And we had two bottles of wine. We sat there for four or five hours. And he was telling me, like, I want to win – three Super Bowls. I'm like, okay, cool. Before we retire, it's like, hell no, in the next four years. I'm like, oh, wow, this is a new energy. Like, okay, I'm vibing with you. He's talking about the guys that he want to help get paid. And I'm like, okay, that's dope. And so he like, in this cool way at Mastro's, just he and I, we talked about how the, the, the next 10 years was going to go for us. Super Bowls to contracts to just taking over. And, um, it just didn't go that way. And I, I felt like I was trying to hold him accountable to the, the commitment and the, the word that he, the things that he said and that we said. And um, he didn't like how I was handling things and conducting myself in certain situations. And we just start bumping heads. And so um, that's the Jay Cutler. That's the Jay Cutler story. It's just that, like, I got to a point, like, working with Jay Cutler was, it was simple. It was, it was like, I had to like kiki with him where it was, you know, something happened and I had like, oh man, it's okay, Jake. I had to play like just, okay, you didn't know oh, whatever. You're the man. That's why I say the quarterback situation. But then it got to a point when, you know, when I'm like, yo, like they let go of Brian Norlacher. They let go of Lovey Smith. They paid you. They paid me. They brought in Bushrod. They brought in Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey. They brought in Martellus Bennett. We got Kyle Long. Like it's us. We are the monsters of the midway. Let's go win the Super Bowl. Let's go do this. And when I try to way, step up and actually as you, push back As on you them, mention those people, I'm hype. Martellus, Kyle, they brought Alshon Jeffrey. I'm like, yes, Matt let's Forte. get this. Matt, Matt Forte. Forte, let's get this chip. Right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just got hyped. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, there you go. You want me to keep going? Like, I mean, I, like, y'all had, was heavy. Y'all we was were, heavy. Correct. And, and so instead of me, you know, just like, Falling back and saying, oh, oh, okay, Jay, yeah, this would happen. Like, I would actually stand up like, no, that's not okay. I don't like what you just said. I don't like what you just did. And we just start bumping heads because I never did that. You know, we're talking about year eight, year nine in our relationship. And that was the first time I was pushing back. And so that's where we went left. And I'm not saying I was perfect. There was definitely things that I could have done better, better or said differently. But um, 
you know, you know, we, we, we need to work on that because that's my brother. I appreciate you saying that. And it's always great to hear it from someone who actually had that experience. I have my own perceptions of set people. And when I hear solid stories, like my man gave me 60, 60 because I needed it. I respect that. And that just tells me right. more than what I know. So I appreciate you saying that. Oh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not get it twisted, though. Jay Cutler noticed, and I'll say this when we finally sit down and break bread. He is an asshole. Jay Cutler, for sure. 100%. Yeah. But that doesn't like, mean he's not an asshole. For sure. Right, 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 right. Okay. But but I love, I'm not, that doesn't make me think that he's not an asshole. I could compartmentalize. Like, I'm like, but I like that he took care of you. And he didn't have right. to. An asshole could also have been like, I'm on, I'm on set. I don't know what to tell you, Rook. I don't know what to tell you. That's on you. Right. Right. But he better shit. I'm catching a hundred balls. You better give me some cash. Yeah. I mean, I'm making you look good. Hey, I he, he said, hit me when you get back. I we get back to the we get I get back to Denver. He pulled up to the crib. That's the only time he's ever come to my house. Mm-hmm. Ever. Right? I was living in Highlands Ranch. He was living in Parker, uh, Colorado. He drives over, he has this contract, like, okay, you're gonna pay me back in six months. I signed the paper. He left, and that was it. That was the second. only time he ever came to my Wait a second. Wait a second. He wrote out a contract, so you pay him back the sixty k. Oh yeah, I got on the phone with like I think he was represented. I don't know if he's still with them, but uh, <laughs> what's the uh, Goldman Sachs? He had the Goldman Sachs people call me like put the contract in place. I'm like, this dude is a professional. A like, prof- and I'm world, not bro. mad at that. Uh, give me, <laughs> give me my money. Right. I would, but I learned from him though. I, there's so much I learned from Jay Cutler. But even that moment, I would have had like my auntie, my uncle call. For like, sure. Yo, you're going to get, give me your word. You're going to pay my boy back, right? <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, there's so much I learned from Jay, even my nutrition. Like I'm big on nutrition. I learned like Jay was the first that really implement nutrition. He's a diabetic, right? And so like he changed his diet and his approach and I would watch him and he would see him in the cafeteria reading books. He taught me child rearing, like sleep training your kids in those first three years like Jay is the one introduced me to my night nurse and my wife and I and talked about this process, you know, so like I, there's so much I learned from Jay. It's just like I hate that. Like, I don't know what he's dealing with, what's what's happened in the past. But he on one side, he's this phenomenal human being. He's super smart. You know, there's so much potential, so much in him. Then on the other side, there's some conflict. But I guess we all have that. Like there's people that rock with me and there's some people that don't rock with me. By the way, that that's life. That is, you just um, you summarize life and relationships. Some people walk with me, some people don't, and that's okay. And you have to make peace with it. Um, but I I I'm big on nuance. I'm big on everybody isn't what you see, and there's always more to them. And if we're surprised, pleasantly surprised, or even disappointed, that's okay too. Um, you know, there's this old saying where it says, "Don't meet your heroes because they might disappoint you." And I, and I'm okay mm. with that. I'm okay with that as well. Because we have to allow people to be people. You, um, to me, illustrate, we have to allow people to be p- people. I'd like to, mm. to talk to you about your mental health platform. When you were diagnosed in 2011, and, and, and tell me if I'm taking this out of context, I do remember reading a quote where, you know, I believe your mother told your, your soon-to-be wife to run for the hills. And I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not. <laughs> But talk to me about mental health and your your struggle, your arrival, and your acceptance. 
Wow. I mean, you may have to ask me more questions, you know, because like when you say talk, talk to you about it, I mean, I can take over when you were, the whole show for a year. Okay. You know, so but, when you were diagnosed, what did you know was wrong? What did you feel yeah. was wrong before being officially diagnosed? How with- was it? Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I was a ticking time bomb, right? Like, I remember going to Ricky Williams when I was uh, traded from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins. And the first, as soon as I was traded to the Miami Dolphins, um, this was 2011. And, um, you know, like a couple weeks later, I was, you know, Ricky gave us an invite to come to his Run Ricky Run documentary, right? Uh, ESPN 30 for 30. I remember. Go down to South Beach. Uh, to this beautiful theater and uh, my wife and I, Mishi, she was my, uh, yeah, my fiance at the time. We walk in and, you know, we, we all dressed up, everybody's dressed up. And then I, you know, we walk in and and we start watching this film and, uh, you know, I finally saw and heard the story of Ricky Williams. Like this is a guy that made, millions of dollars and walked away from millions of dollars and he lived in a tent like in Australia or something, right? And I'm like, what? Wearing a dress, helmet on while he's doing interviews. And um by the like, way, wow, let's take a moment. When he used to wear that helmet, I used to be like, yo, if he was ahead of his time in every aspect. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Like the smoking weed, never yeah. thought it was, but he was just ahead of his time. And it always felt very odd. But when you look at it, it feels very different to me. And I, and I just want to say that because you're right. mentioning things visually and I used to be like, oh, and just judge him. And now I right. see it so differently now. Right. I know. And it's just like, for me, I'm looking at that the same way that you looked at it back then. I'm like, yo, this dude went through some things. I'm playing into this thing. I'm like, yo, this dude crazy. Right. Or was crazy. Correct. But immediately when you walk in the locker room, you know, like, you know who that guy is. You know, like, who sits where. This was, I'm telling you, I played with some legends from Champ Bailey to Russell Wilson to Eli Manning to even Drew Brees to Jason Taylor. I can go on and on and on, like, how many Hall of Fame players and Hall of Fame men that I, I, I suited up with. And when I'm telling you, like, this dude was a top five teammate, he was a top five teammate. Uh, we're talking about sitting in a cold tub, 30 degrees, and this dude's wearing, uh, this dude is uh, uh, reading a book. And so, like, I couldn't understand, like, bro, I just seen you, I just seen this film. How did you go from that to mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, I was immediately drawn to him. So there was a situation where I walked into um, the facility after one bad game, the team, we had a terrible game. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything. I said, I'm just going to, you know, because I know I can say the wrong thing. And uh, I came in, the coach called me out, said something, and I exploded. So then afterwards, I went to Ricky, and I'm like, bro, do you think I'm bipolar? Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I just saw the story. Like, you asked me before that situation, like, what mental health meant to me. It was like masking pain, mental toughness. You know, I ain't going to tell, nothing's wrong with me. I ain't hurt my mind, my, my body, nothing. I'm good. And so he's like, no, Brandon, I don't think you're bipolar. I just think that you say the things that we all want to say, but shouldn't say. (laughs) I don't, I don't appreciate your Ricky voice. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like it. It's like the Michael Jackson, but he got, that's that's what I (laughs) remember. 
But by the way, accurate. Accurate. Continue. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, well, that's that that feels good, right? And, and uh, so anyways, uh, I moved on and then, you know, I just never I, I just never forget like this one doctor in this film that helped him out. He left Australia, went to McLean Hospital, number two CX, number two psychiatric hospital in the world, sure. Harvard affiliate right outside of Boston. It's in Waltham, Massachusetts. And so at the end of the year, I knew something was off. This is how I knew something was off. See, football, the football field was always my sanctuary. You know, whether growing up in Pittsburgh and, you know, we're talking about the poorest county in all of Pennsylvania. And whether it's there or high school, college, beef within within a family, didn't matter. When I step on that practice field, if I step on that field for game time, that's it. That's my sanctuary. That's my escape. And there was one practice. Coach Tony Sperano was the coach. I went out there and we, you know, the family was just just dysfunctional. It was terrible. All that pressure on me. And I go out there and I drop one ball. I was like, all right, I'm going to shake it out. I dropped two balls. I did not drop the third ball. Then I dropped the fourth ball. And that was the first time on the field that I could, you know, connect my performance, you know, my, my, like my mishaps with something that was happening off the field. And I was like, holy shit, like something's wrong. Now, all the stuff that did it in that ESPN, Brandon Marshall gets arrested, all that stuff, that wasn't it. It was literally me not being able to do my job on the field was like something was wrong. So I'm like, damn, I need help. Like this is the first time ever that I couldn't produce or get over something on the field. And I'm like, it all goes back to what's happening off the field. So I called that same doctor that uh, Ricky saw and helped Ricky. And I said, Dr. Gunderson, I need help. And so that's how I ended up at McLean Hospital. And so I got out there and we went through a clinical evaluation, neurological evaluation. They diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder. The best way to describe that is an emotional disorder, being able to self-regulate. You know, like I feel something. Can I bring it back down to baseline? What I feel is valid, but can do I have the skills and tools to self-regulate my emotions? The answer was no. So that's where self-assessment, dialectical behavior therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, and all those other things came into play, right? So I sat there for three months, you know, uh, really working on those things. And that's when I realized that, you know, like it, I wasn't here to play football. So um, that's when, when life for me drastically changed. So doing this interview, in my mind, I remember thinking, and I had this conversation yesterday with Jay. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to interview Brandon tomorrow. I have a couple of questions that I want to ask him. I got to make sure that I pose these questions correctly because I don't want him to cuss me out and go off on me because I feel like he has that ability in him. I do. Correct. No, but listen, this is how I would do it, though. See, if you say something crazy right now, like I I ain't going to do it. I won't even say anything crazy, but if I ask you a normal question. I know, but I ain't gonna do a Will Smith. What like I'm Will talking about like, yeah. you know, Will Smith, he was out of character. Angry, I ain't saying like, out of character. Like that. Yeah, yeah. No, what I'm gonna do is I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, the, the interview is over. I'm gonna walk over. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna do you're gonna do the you're gonna but, do the Mel Gibson. Nope, 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 no answer, no answer. <laughs> but but when I said to you earlier, I said you were kind of a little sensitive about something you thought I said and I didn't. You like you called me sensitive, and I was like, Well, aren't we all? Aren't mm. we all? Aren't we all? Mm. It's not a disrespectful thing. 
And in my mind, I was like, oh boy, he think I'm calling him a name. This might go left. But I still stayed with it because it's not, it's not a bad thing. Sensitivity gets a bad rap. Selfishness gets a bad rap. All the things that make you able to do what you do day in and day out get a bad rap. And I embrace that shit. Hell yeah, I'm sensitive. I'm mm. on TV every day. My fuckers is talking shit and it does bother me. But I know at the end of the day, I am who I am. But I do get sensitive mm-hmm. if you tell me I'm stupid or I don't know what I'm talking about or I ain't cute no more. I'm like, fine, you know, or whatever. I don't right, know. Right, and my right, point right, is, right, is that right. whatever it is that triggers me or hits me, I react, but I do self-regulate. And I do understand what you're saying now. So I want to stay with self-regulation. How long does it take you to learn that? And I'm pretty sure it's, it's you're not done learning that. But how, right. how do you implement that once you know that you need to learn to self-regulate in 2011? How do you implement that moving forward in your career? Because you retired, I right. want to say 2019, 2018? December two, 2018, Coach Payton came in the receiver room and said, Brad, I'm going to cut you. And it was over after 13 years. Okay. But that was a long time. Congratulations. Um, okay. That's a long time. That's a long time to be in this league and to be effective. So, right. So listen, I, listen, I've learned it. You know, like I, I already, it, it's in me. So it's not that I, I it, like I, uh, I need to continue to learn it. So I push back on that with what you said. Um, it's more so about practice. That's now what that I'm talking I about. It, right. Now, am I going to practice it? So even when I make a mistake or if I feel like I'm out of character, you know, I can now go back and say, no, this is right. This is wrong. You know, now I got to get back to my practice. Um, you know, I think. Like, let's talk about borderline personality disorder, this emotional disorder. Ricky Williams was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. But if you put Ricky Williams next to me, you would say they're two different people. They're on totally opposite ends of the spectrum because borderline personality disorder presents itself in over 250 different ways. Right. Uh, and that goes back to like the like the process. Like there was, for me, it took three months. Actually, it took a month and a half, but it was intense therapy. Okay. This was every day during the year of the lockout. It's all crazy. right. Later on in the show, I'll read you the note that I wrote there because I was willing to walk away from the NFL until I got me back, until I learned who I was. Correct. Right. So it took, I, I thought it could take, you know, uh, a year. I thought it could take two years. Why? Because there were some people in that same group that actually completed the program. And came back two years later or been in the program for two or three years or six months. Right. So I didn't know what the, you know, how long I didn't know how long it was going to take. So for me, it took a month and a half. That's when I knew a month and a half. (laughs) Dr. Gunnison, rest in peace. It's my guy. I love. But by the way, I love how you're like, it took me like you did intense therapy and some people come back. I'm absolutely sure people come back because that's that's an addiction that you have to get rid of to in a form, right? Like, of course, people come back. Right. They can't figure that shit out. Everybody can't. Right. Every, people aren't programmed as you are. You can't figure that out overnight. Yeah, but you have to be in the right. Like, you got to think like the first four and a half years, I, there was that there was a time where, you know, I was speaking to three different therapists in the same week. I got a DUI. Right. And so I was in it. I was in the NFL. uh the uh, substance abuse program. So I had to talk to someone there. Dr. McBride, uh, the, the Denver Broncos had me sit down with someone there. And there was a, the guy who was over the entire, you know, behavioral health program for the NFL. I was talking to him, 
you know, so there was one week where I was talking, there was, there was one phase of my career where I was talking to three different doctors in a week, but I didn't want help. I kept pointing the finger at everyone else. But when I got to McLean Hospital and go pick back up where before the cops came and they're trying to arrest me again, I'm about to be on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Gunderson, <laughs> Dr. Gunderson looked at me halfway through and he, and, and it was like, a, it felt like a football coach. And he said, what about you? He said, what about you? You keep pointing the finger at everybody else. You keep talking about this coach and your girlfriend and this person and that person. What about you? Control what you can control. And I just fell back because like the, the thought of therapy for me at that time was like, I'm going to come into therapy and I'm going to sit back and lay on the couch. My feet <laughs> up. Like the stuff that you see in the movies, he's going to yeah. listen to me, but he wouldn't listen to me. I, you know what I'm saying? And so when he talked to me that way, I had to fall back. And that's when, when he said that line, what about you? Mm. What can you control? That's when it finally broke through for me. And so like the second half of my stint there is when I just said, you know what? I'm not worrying about my wife. I'm not worrying about the coaches, the Miami Dolphins or anybody else. I'm looking at how I participate in this, whether it's 70 percent. I can contribute 70 percent of to the the drama or 20 percent. I'm going to own that. (laughs) And that's when my life radically changed, changed, changed. Again, commercials pay the bill so your girl can stay cute. Not cute, but just cute. Stick around after the break. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million dollars. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. 
Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked with Hey, everybody, welcome back. Brandon Marshall uh, still here explaining now the recipe uh, for success, if you will, for I Am Athlete. I hope you enjoy. Ownership. When we as um, adults decide to take ownership of, of, of our circumstance, of our decisions, of everything that we've participated in, it requires us to be so very honest about things that we've done that we failed with. And every human has an ego and you use it to protect ourselves. And we also use it in good ways, right? Ownership looks like what in your relationship with your wife? Mm, controlling me. Like for a perfect example, you know, I'm really like transparent, open book. But, you know, there's times where, you know, we may be in the valley a little bit and instead of, you know, uh, standing up and saying, let's sit down and talk, I may retreat. That's not on her. That's on me. Like, I got to mm -hmm. own my emotions. I got to own, like, my part of it and be able to come and say, babe, let's sit down. Let's talk. So ownership in my relationship with my wife, Mishi, uh, it starts with my emotions. It's about, you know, my role as a father, as a husband. Right. Like there's some new things now, new challenges. We have three kids, twins. They're seven years of age, a boy and girl. You know, we have a three year old, you know, with baby Zoe just turned three Friday. And so like now, you know, it's some like a lot of this stuff ain't even about us. It's about the kids. Right. And it's being able to sit down and say, OK, I know I got all this stuff going on outside. I got these facilities. I got this, this media company. You know, I got my own like relationships outside of this. But what do you need? Mm -hmm. How can I help more? How can I be more present? So I think, um, you know, when I when you when, when you say the word ownership in a relationship with my wife, I think it starts with me and my emotions and uh, my behavior. Like, how do I. Um, how do I, how do I, how am I represented at home? How do they do? Mm -hmm. When I see you guys together, I saw you most recently as I think a Super Bowl weekend at that, that Rams dinner, I think. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And right. it was nice to see you. And you guys are always so, um, fine. Y'all fine. Y'all look good. Y'all <laughs> fine. I don't, I don't have another word. I, I'm trying to be a journalist and find the words. The words are y'all together. She bad, you right. bad. Y'all come in bad, stepping like what we wear. <laughs> we coordinated. 
You're gonna kill him. I'm gonna come with this, and you're gonna come with that. I can see you getting dressed, being like, "What you wearing, babe?" Okay, I'm gonna wear this. Right. <laughs> like, no, it's the other way around. Oh, it's she dresses you. It, she dresses you. No, it's no, it, it's I'm all black. I like to wear black. So like when she come out with color stuff, I'm like, "Damn, baby, ain't tell me that." Like now, I gotta go put on some colors because all <laughs> I want to wear is black. I love it, and I don't choose to dwell in the past for you all. I choose to live in the present for you because I do believe that you are working on and continuing to be a good husband and a good father. Do you find it hard? Cause I'd ask you about what you talk about. Do you find it hard for people to accept the new Brandon, the Brandon that is ever changing mm-hmm. the nuance Brandon, Brandon that may pop off, may have an attitude, may appear intense, but yeah. give me a chance to just be me and make mistakes and don't hold me to my past. Is it right. hard? Is it hard for you and people, especially it, when you're doing interviews, especially when you're doing interviews, because you're waiting for me to say something crazy. I know. Right. No, nothing's hard for me because, like, I'm 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 well trained when it comes to media. Right. That's you know, spending 13 mm-hmm. years in the, probably the biggest media company in the world, the NFL. You know, there's 320 million Americans, 100 million are avid football fans, and like, you know, your show and this person's show like have tons of reach. So like I'm trained there, like, and that stuff doesn't rock me. That's actually the stuff that makes me great. And a lot of athletes is being able to overcome all of that pressure. Right. Um, you know, I would say that, um, so that it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in that way. But what I would say that to like the younger brand and what I would say to the younger athletes is like, yo, you gotta be very careful with what you did. Like, and, and basically what, like, Look, you can Google this stuff. Like I was in a very volatile relationship, you know, when I first, when I was young, you know, my ex and that trickled into, you know, my relationship with my wife, my wife and I, we just celebrated 13 years of marriage, 12 years of marriage, excuse me. And we have three kids and, you know, and and I'm going to be honest, like we're still working through like all of that. Like we're two young kids getting together, not knowing what a man looks like, what a woman looks like, what marriage looks like. And so like, you know, when you step into a relationship and you don't know what it's supposed to look like or you don't understand yourself, right? Like you're setting yourself up for failure. So take your time there. Um, so like still to this day, we're still in couples counseling, right? And it's sometimes it's because we really need it. Sometimes it's because we want to make sure we stay on our P's and Q's. Um, you know, thinking about our marriage, you know, I, I would say that, you know, and like all the things that I've been through, we've been through, it's like it never leaves you. Like I had a, a company reach out to me, a publicly traded company. We're talking about a $5 billion company. And they're like, yo, we love you. You know, we love what you're doing. We love this new branding. We want you to sit on our board and it's a paid wow. position. I love a board paid position. Talk that talk. Talk that black talk that you I know, know about. I love a board paid position. I'm here for them right. all. And I'm getting right. them all. Correct. <laughs> but hold on. But hold on, though. But hold yeah. on. So this is my first time, my first opportunity with this is a big deal, you know, because it's not even about the position. It's more so about the network. It's, I got to seat at the table. That's going to open up the door to so many other people in the world. Right. And so these are this powerful people. So they're like, all right, but first we got to do a background check. So. You know, you do a background check and like, ah, oh, we got to work the board right now because like we love who you are today. But what happened 15 years ago? Mm. 
Right. But no, but it's cool. Like, you know, it's fine because guess what? Lesson learned. But it, it, correct. But like, this is why we got to understand. Like, even you think about uh, Dwayne Haskins, mm. you know, when you're in your youth, you know, we're talking about, yeah, rest in peace. But it's like, man, you know, that could have been me 15 times, 20 times. That just, like, like, when are you- that just gave me chills. That gave me chills. That gave me chills. Because it could have right. been. Brandon, it could have right. been. People That's thought right. that. People said yes. that. Right. And look how much it's right. overcome. Yeah. That's right. That's powerful. It could yeah. make and look, grandma about to cry. That's powerful. I'm proud of you. I just am. I just am. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I just think, you know, even when you're talking about like sensitive and you know, I think like I, I lean into this. And that's that's it's actually the reason why I'm in the position I'm in, why I'm having so much success in a lot of areas is because I went through something and I didn't run from it. I didn't retreat. I embraced it and I talked openly about it. So when I sit down and talk to other athletes going through situations, I'm like, yo, don't run from that. Actually talk about it because when you humanize yourself because the media is not, then the people are going to rally behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what's interesting. Just had this conversation last night. A friend of mine is. um working with a certain singer. He's really famous, but he has a really bad media perception. Um, I'll keep it a buck. So friends of mine working with Chris Brown and he's like, can he get his whatever back? He said, what do you think? And I'm like, why are you asking me? I don't work in music. As you asked me, because I'm a woman, a black woman more specifically, well-documented about his relationship with Rihanna. We saw the pictures and you talk about somebody who rebounded. She like, she not missing a beat billionaire. And I said, he's not a human. I don't, I, and this is me, you don't have to weigh in. I don't see him humanized enough. Meaning, does he have to be in a video with his kids? Do I need to see him with his daughters to see this father that makes me relate to him? Because right now, the reason why he is um, persona non grata in so many circles is because I don't see the human aspect of him. I don't see that he cares. I don't see the compassion. To your point, you talk about, these uncomfortable things that you went through and if you embrace it people are like i get it because we fail all the time and it's the beauty of being a human because we get the opportunity to try again and with that you've got the opportunity to try again you have this podcast you founded it co-founded i believe or founded i am athlete is it you and someone else would give me the particulars i want to make sure the the stats are correct pandemic happened watching espn fs1 everybody's producing from home zoom airpods in with screens whatever and i saw it as an opportunity to sell a show then you had all these people talking about ownership talking about our community and uh when i start having these conversations with people they were like you know, we love you, we love the show, but you should probably change up, you know, the cast or, you know, we want to own 50% or 70% of your IP. And I just, I start learning, I start absorbing all this information. Then all of a sudden we broke through and uh, we turned into this social cultural phenomenon and it turned into uh, a production company and a network. Um, think about, you know, Bleach Report, mm-hmm. Uninterrupted, think mm-hmm. about uh, players tribune. Mm-hmm. So like what you'll see this thing evolve to over the next couple of years is that, you know, a platform for athletes to share their stories, mm-hmm. you know, unfiltered. 
And so, um, yeah, no, I just saw it as an opportunity in the pandemic. I just invested like $50,000 in, into some of the late, the best, you know, cameras. I had a social media team to tell the story in the House of Bathley side, like that mental health, the wellness side. And I had this facility, which was a studio in the middle of the pandemic. Nobody could shoot. I'm walking around my neighborhood. And in my neighborhood, I have legends living in my neighborhood. The Rock, we sh- I shared a backyard with The Rock. Like I said me. hi. <laughs> yeah, The Rock. Well, he moved out now. And oh, I moved okay. out. But like you had The Rock there. You had Reggie Wayne. You had Fred Taylor, Mari Stoudemire. You had Rudy Gay. You had Channing Crowder, Ocho Cinco. And then in the surrounding area, you'll probably have like another 50 to 75 pro athletes. And so I'm looking at this. I'm like, yo, this is an opportunity for us to, you know, break through. You know, because I know we have the equipment, we have the crew, and, and our production is going to be at an all-time high. And so, you know, we started it, and uh, it just morphed into something special. And 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 yeah, it was just it was just an idea that I had. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I founded it. Okay, keep it humble. <laughs> keep it humble. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm the. No, sorry. no, 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 no. I you said know it. What it is. You didn't say no, it. I it said it. No, here's what it is. Because I didn't know what it was. And initially, our first, which is interesting. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but our first Monday. episode. Oh, Monday is the week of the draft, right? I believe mm-hmm. NFL draft. That was our first time. Uh, uh, that was our first episode was uh, highlighting the NFL draft, like our our mock draft. And so, like, I was looking at you know, heavy sports and it wasn't resonating. I mean, we were oh. on this show and it was 84 people watching live. We were having okay. this show and it was two, 3000 views. And I was it takes ready to a minute though with anything. It takes a minute. Yeah. But here's the problem is as a, as you know, a professional athlete guy that played in Chicago, New York, Miami, you know, I'm all pro pro bowl player, you know, highest paid wide receiver at points of my career. You know, I'm used to people vibing with everything I'm doing. I post a picture, I post a video, it's going to get thousands or millions of views. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting in the pandemic and I'm getting uh, 3,000 views. Mm-hmm. I was ready to give up. My mm-hmm. my barber from New York, he actually hit hit me up and I told him how I was feeling. He said, oh, this is actually good for you. He was uh-huh. like, this is good. You need this. You, you need uh-huh. to be humble. Uh-huh. And he's like, keep going. So we kept going and then... um you know, we had this one conversation on culture. You know, we started talking about the best rappers alive and we started talking about, you know, Kanye and other things and, you know, the goats and it broke through and started resonating. You know, Ocho came on, we popped off and it was just like, oh, that's what it is. So it went. So I am athlete is 70% evergreen where we talk about mental health, where we talk mm-hmm. about finance, we talk about marriage, relationships, all these hard topics that you and I are talking about that people mm-hmm. want to hear about because we all going through these things mm-hmm. in 30% sports. Mm-hmm. And that is the formula for that particular show. Show, 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 show. All right. So that's it. This did not disappoint. That was a wonderful recipe because guess what? People love people to be authentic. Translation Naked, name of said podcast you're listening to now. You know, I do my best to really really walk that line of being authentic with but but without sharing too much information when I don't feel safe and I talk about that a lot with you all but truly everything I do in life always leads me back to Carrie you gotta you gotta keep it a buck you have to be 100 to who you are 
um, personal and professional relationships. And it's such a work in progress. And it's such a it's a it's a recipe as well. Right. You share what you feel like you need to share. You share when you're when you feel safe, but you never feel the need to be something that you're not. And that is, I got to be honest with you, something that most of us have to grow into. And it is a lifelong lesson, lifelong journey, marathon, whatever cliche you want to put in there. But I really, truly hope that you enjoyed the podcast because Brandon's a good soul. He really is. All right. So Nick is coming at you next week. Stay tuned. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts oh hi i'm rachel zoe and my podcast climbing in heels is back and better than ever you might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.